behalf of the Wellness Committee of the Asia CEO Community, I'd like to welcome you to this episode of our podcast called Wellness Multiplied. The Asia CEO Community serves CEOs and C-suite throughout Asia. The goal of the Wellness Committee is to empower our listeners to enhance their own wellness and also create a work environment that proactively supports the entire company's wellness needs. The company wins, employees win, and customers win. My name is Brian Henderson, owner of Whole Business Wellness, and I'll be your host today. We're very lucky today to have Amanda Fock as our guest, founder of Let's Talk ADHD. Amanda, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Yeah, please introduce yourself and your neurodiverse background and experiences growing up both in your home and social life. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today. Uh, firstly, maybe let me introduce my current roles. Uh, I'm Amanda Fork. I'm the founder of Let's Talk ADHD. Under this umbrella, we operate a social enterprise and a charitable uh, organization dedicated to public education on ADHD. I also wear other hats as a corporate communications and public speaking coach and trainer with my title as the champions of Hong Kong's first MC competition, I bring over 20 years of experience in MCing and training to the table. I have leveraged the fast paced thinking, love for speaking, and brownless energy often associated with ADHD to my advantage in my professional journey. Refreshing on my upbringing and personal life, I was on the way Already, I processed it through school without repeating a years and was neither the best nor the worst academically. I had good conduct marks. Socially, I led a typical life with friends and have been married for over a decade. However, <laughs> much of my early life felt like I was navigating through a fog internally. I lived in a stage of chaos suffering from low self-esteem and depression. I needed to learn complicated, uh, unspoken social etiquettes, such as the uh, pretense of arguing over who gets to pay the bills after meals. <laughs> I often lost things or made careless errors, like filling in the wrong numbers on forms, my home environment mirrored this internal chaos. Daydreaming was a frequent escape. Only in my 30s, I was diagnosed with ADHD and depression. This diagnosis, in many ways, was a epiphany. It illuminated the challenge of my past, providing clarified. With the appropriate medications and behavioral therapy, I've learned to manage my ADHD symptoms effectively. This has translated into enhanced productivity and efficiency in my professional and personal life. I truly treasure who I am today and am a po- a passionate about assisting others struggling with ADHD. Thank you so much for telling us something of your background and uh, <clears throat> sorry to hear about the depression and some of the struggles, but great to hear that you lived a fairly normal life and you know, happily married and you know, did okay at school. So all very encouraging. 
So home life uh, and social life can be challenging enough, um, but tell us now a little bit more about how your neurodiversity affects you in the workplace, including maybe during the recruitment process. Uh, and what do you find helpful or unhelpful from your employer or your colleagues at work? Okay, I can share. <laughs> my ADHD has significantly impacted my work experience both positively and negatively. In the past, I worked as an insurance agent. The upside of my ADHD in this role was my hyperactivity, flexibility, and creativity. This allowed me to come up with diverse strategies for sales. My high energy level also means I could meet various clients without feeling exhausted as I enjoy being on the move. Unworthily, on the upside, the job required handling many um, documents with precise details. This was a particular challenge for me. Given the nature of my ADHD, uh, despite my best efforts, I often made mistakes in documentation. Such mistakes could result in clients missing out on a compensation, causing huge uh, psychological stress for me. Ultimately, this challenge pushed me away from the insurance industry. In the recruitment process, I think many people feel interest on that. Actually, individuals with ADHD may find it easy to pass in the fields. <laughs> Can't believe it. Many times, ADHD isn't easy identifiable on the surface. Just like me, many people think that, oh, you look so normal. In case like mine, where individuals possess solid verbal skills and quick thinking capability, it can be lead to impressive interview performance. So I can be sure that many diagnosed or underdiagnosed ADHD employees work in many companies. In Hong Kong, out of every 14 people, there's one who are likely an adult showing symptoms of ADHD. And for every 40 people in Hong Kong, there's likely one adult diagnosed with ADHD. So, however, in Hong Kong, within the work culture, many employers and colleagues lack an understanding of adult ADHD because they think about it as a case issue. As a result, there isn't a discussion about what's helpful or unhelpful primarily uh, because they're all uh, even don't aware that's about ADHD condition. According to uh, Dr. Russell Buckley, an international recognized authority on ADHD, he said, with other kinds of new diversity, ADHD is the most treatable, but often undiagnosed and untreated. So I think employer may consider this perspective. By supporting employees with ADHD, they could potentially enhance the company's efficiency and uh, competitiveness. I think this is a very important issue. Wonderful, yes. You mentioned that you were only uh, formally diagnosed when you were 30, and I understand that adult ADHD is, is often not diagnosed uh, or very late in life. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure you're right. Many employers have no real understanding of what it is. Um, but you mentioned productivity. I think you mentioned high energy. 
What else do you feel that ADHDs can bring to the workplace that perhaps neurotypicals do not? I think individuals with ADHD bring a unique set of strengths and um, capabilities to workplace, which may uh, distinguish them from new, new type individuals, I think. So the first one is creativity and innovation. Um, ADHD often think out of the box, providing fresh perspectives and innovative solutions to the problems. I think after COVID, especially many people would like to have those kind of uh, employees, I think. So secondly, we have high energy, but make sure that the employees have a uh, hyperactivity because some people just only have uh, attention deficits only. For some people who have hyperactivity, the hyperactive aspect of ADHD can translate to the higher enthusiasm and energy for tasks, which can be especially beneficial in dynamic work environments. Just like me, I'm workaholic all the time. <laughs> so the third thing is that resilience. Okay, having faced the challenge throughout their livings, many ADHD develop resilience and are able to adapt to adversity, making them strong in situations that require perseverance. So the first thing is um, talking about intense focus or hyper-focus. Many people think that, oh, ADHD, uh, people can't focus wrong. We just only focus what we love. <laughs> so um, uh, many people just think that, okay, um, if they find something that they really feel interest, they can uh, experts extremely focus on it. This can be an asset in the task that demand deep concentration over short bursts. So for example, for me, I love to share ADHD. I can highly focus on it. And the uh, fifth one is talking about the uh, um, simpleness. So ADHDs, uh, impulsiveness can sometimes be an asset, leading to spontaneous decisions that can open up new ways or opportunity that wasn't uh, previously considered. Many people think that, okay, now these uh, solutions can work, so give a new way. Maybe ADHD people can help us. So the sixth uh, 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 thing is talking about the empathy or understanding. Being neurodivergent themselves, many ADHD develop a nature sense of understanding and compassion for others who may be facing challenge. Uh, encouraging uh, inclusively in the workplace is very good. And the last one is talking about the flexibility. <laughs> Due to their adaptive nature, individuals with ADHD are often flexible thinkers and can adjust to change in the plans or environment relatively quickly. So in a diverse workplace, the unique contributes of ADHD can be uh, complement the strengths of neurotypical employees, creating a more holistic adaptable and uh, innovative team. Wonderful. That's uh, a great number of uh, strengths and attributes that ADHDs can bring that are really, you know, very much sought after in the workplace. So thank you for sharing that with us. 
But I'm sure it's not easy still to be an ADHD or in the workplace. Um, uh, so what sort of things can employers do to make it a little more accommodating to, to, to people who, have, who live with ADHD? Yes, um, the employer can do um, many things to accommodating for ADHD. Actually, very small steps also can help us. So I, I think I can help uh, 11 tips <laughs> to a lot of you. <laughs> so um, when you, after listening on my tips, you can think that it's applied to all kinds of employees as well. So first of all is flexible work hours. <laughs> you know, uh, work from home is just like that kind of concept. Recognizing that everyone has different uh, productivity peaks. Allowing uh, flexible work hours can help ADHD work when they're most focused. For example, some, some people like work in the midnight, okay? So um, maybe it's a very good to have a, a flexible working hours for them. And the second one is talking about a quiet workspace. You know, ADHD people are always very easily disrupted by other people. So provide options for quiet work areas or noise cancelling headphones. ADHD can be sensitive to disruptions, so a decided quiet space can boost concentration. And the third thing is talking about a, a frequent or regular breaks. Encourage short, frequent breaks during the workday. It can be around thirty minutes. They can have a very short break, and this can help ADHD reset and return to the task with the renewed focus, which is very important. So the fourth of uh, uh, tips is talking about a clear communication. So to ensure that instructions and expectations are communicated clearly. Using written formats like email or task management tools can be especially helpful for reference. You know, not all the uh, boss or supervisor know how to be a boss or supervisor. So uh, that's a very important clear communication. So the fifth thing is talking about task management tools. I think many people use different kind of software to help them to organize some tasks, especially the all employees not in the same country. So to set some reminders, some prioritize, can be highly beneficial. Tools like Cheryl or even simple to do list can make a difference. And the sixth, um, the tips is talking about professional development. So I think many a company they are offering some workshops or courses on the time management, organization skills, and stress relief can help for ADHD and all kinds of employees. And the seventh um, tips is talking about the feedback mechanism. Wagner or constructive feedback can help ADHD understand where they excel and where they may need additional support or resources. So the eighth um, tips is talking about awareness and education, which is we are doing. <laughs> so educate the entire team about ADHD. Understanding the ADHD conditions will encourage empathy and can dispel any misconceptions or bias. So uh, we found that when the employees knew that their team is open-minded about ADHD, they're willing to talk about ADHD. 
So denial of tips is talking about mentorship program. So pairing ADHDs with mentors who can guide them, share coping te techniques or tactical, or be a soundly board can be in, uh, invaluable. That's very important for them. And the 10th um, tips is talking about avoid multitasking. So many people think that multitasking is so common, <laughs> but actually uh, not very good for ADHD because some of them will very easy to distract. So encourage focusing on one task at one time. You can switch to other tasks after finish the first one um, rather than multitasking, uh, which can be particularly challenging for those with ADHD. But actually, if their skill is quite good, they can switch to different tasks and back to the uh, uh, original task. Lastly, they can do the multitasking, so based on their ability. So the last one is talking about inclusion and support. Um, foster an inclusive workplace culture where new diversity is recognized and celebrated. A support group or regular check-ins can be a source of encouragement and understanding. So by implementing those accommodations uh, and uh, fostering and understanding environments, workplace can help ADHD shine their strengths and contribute effectively to the team. Wonderful. I love that. Such a practical list from... <laughs> Environmental factors, communication, culture, training and learning, management style, task allocation. Wonderful. I think you mentioned that something around 14% of people are ADHDers, but what can the other 13 people out of 14, uh, what, what can we do? Um, what can the rest of us do to support neurodiverse, whether those are friends, whether they're colleagues, if we want to be an ally for the ADHD community, what, what can we do that, that would be supportive? Yeah, I also have 11 tips to all of you. <laughs> Today, I provide many useful tips to all kinds of people. So supporting your diverse uh, friends and colleagues in, in involving understanding, empathy, and active efforts. Uh, so all of you can do, the first thing is educate yourself. <laughs> Knowledge is the fundamental issue. People should take time to understand the uh, specific of uh, various new divergence conditions of reading or attending workshops or conversing with new divergence. Individuals can be insightful. Second, um, please have some open communication. Invite open dialogue. Ask new diverse friends or colleagues about their preferences and how best to support them without making assumptions. The third thing is talking about practice empathy. Put yourself in their shoes, understand that spe uh, a specific task or environment may be more challenging for them, and offer assistance or modifications when possible. For example, I give you an example about ADHD. I always told the people that Within our ADHD brain, we often have 100 TV opened with different TV stations. So, oh, okay, when we share to other people, they will have more empathy that, okay, that's why we can't focus. Okay, the fourth thing is talking about a voice stereotype. 
avoid making generalized or biased comments. Recognize each individual's unique strengths and challenges. So today's tips is talking talking about some basic concept about ADHD. Actually, not one hundred percent all the ADHD is the same. You have to communicate with them. So the fifth uh, thing is talking about um, the advocates for inclusion. So ensure that the workplace or social group is inclusive. This made in involve perceptions, adjustments in the work environment or being mindful of social activities. It is very important because uh, we have some member, they um, suffer a bully in the workplace based on some colleague they don't know or they're not willing to do some inclusion in the workplace. So the sixth um, tip is, is talking about the challenge stigmatization behavior. So if someone is being dismissive, biased, or open discriminatory toward new diverse individuals, it's essential to address it, neither by speaking up or by report to the appropriate authority, which is very important. So the seven tips is talking about celebrate new diversity. Just like me, I always say that when someone told me that, oh, I have ADHD, and I said, welcome to ADHD family. <laughs> so recognize and uplift the unique perspective and strength that new diverse individual bring to the table. Celebrate success and the milestones. We have to do that. Okay, so the, um, the tips is talking about provide clear information. So especially in the work environment, providing information in clear, concise and written format can be very helpful. So it is very important. <laughs> so um, the ninth um, tips is talking about be patient. So I know that uh, many people may be the first time to communicate and work with neurodiverse or ADHD people. So neurodiverse uh, individuals may need more time to process information or complete tasks. Patience and understanding can make a significant difference. And can to join or support new diverse groups. So many organizations have groups or uh, initiatives focused on new diversity. So engaging with these groups can be both on both an educational experience and a way to show support. And uh, last but not least, listen actively. So pay close attention when they share experience or challenge. So sometimes simply being an understanding ear can be very supportive, just like when some people have depressions, you know, it's very important to listen. It's so similar. So supporting uh, neurodiverse friends and colleagues means recognizing their unique experience, uh, valuing their contributions, and standing up against bias and challenging they may face. Thank you so much, Amanda. Wonderful. What another great list. Uh, and so many things that uh, allies can do to support. That's very, very encouraging and helpful. Thank you. So we introduce you as the, uh, the CEO and founder of ADHD uh, Talk. Let's Talk ADHD Hong Kong. Um, and I believe you're planning some events around ADHD Awareness Week coming up in October. Would you like to share a little bit about uh, the events you have planned? 
Yeah, sure. I would like to do more promotion. <laughs> in this uh, 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 September, is, uh, in this October, <laughs> we're excited to host our annual friendship events for the ADHD community in Asia, which is Hong Kong ADHD Awareness Week 2023, scheduled from the October 22 to 28th. We've organized a virtual and in-person seminar to enhance public understanding of ADHD. So this year, our theme is ADHD, Navigating Success. We firmly believe that individuals with ADHD can lead successful lives, and this segment is embodied in our lineup. We are incredibly honored to have Mr. Daniel Kwang, the Oscar-winning director of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once in this year, as our keynote speaker. Daniel was diagnosed with ADHD after his research for the film. His personal story proves that ADHD doesn't restrict one's potential. Instead, it can be an incredible asset, driving creativity and resilience. His experience with ADHD and massive success in the cinematic world are seamlessly tied into our film ADHD Navigating Success. In addition to Daniel's invaluable insight, we will also feature expertly um, seminars on the latest in ADHD diagnosis, medication, family, relationship. Sure, we will cover workplace dynamics. So um, I have to tell other people, working on our registration is free. <laughs> With a single sign-up, attendants uh, can assess all the seminars catering to the needs of our ADHD communities and our international audience. So we're offering free replays of all our sections when after our ADHD Awareness Week. So moreover, all of our sections will come with English and Chinese subtitle. So ensure that everyone can comfortably reach knowledge about ADHD. So uh, we will kick off our registrations in uh, September uh, for all the latest updates. Please follow us on our Facebook page, Let's Talk ADHD. Fantastic. So whether you're an ADHDer or whether you'd like to learn more about how to be an ally, it sounds like there's something for everyone planned in ADHD Awareness Week. So strongly encourage all of our listeners to check that out and, uh, and join in some of those events. So it just remains for me to say thank you very much, Amanda, for sharing your insights and your wonderful lists of tips. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on this podcast. This is Brian Henderson for the Asia CEO Community Wellness Multiplied podcast. Mm -hmm.